been playing a ton of new video games, and we are really excited to tell you guys all about them. Lots of hot new movie trailers were dropped this week. Rumors of the Apple car continue to churn. Amazon launches a new grocery store. And our main story this week is a whole new world, where we talk about the kind of world we live in today, where it's just constant news. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Concession Stand. This is episode number 14. I'm your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I am good. Let's start off another episode with a yet a cold beer and the Stone Cold Salute. I said give me a hell yeah! Well, this Stone Cold Salute specifically uh, goes out to all of the veterans out there. Because today is, as we are recording here on December 7th, is the 75th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Very, very significant to American history, very significant to world history. And just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of the veterans out there that listen to the show. Thank you for your service. Uh, thank you to those who have parents and grandparents who have served. And uh, it's always good to remember the times of history that we've come through uh, that have really left significant uh, memories in one way or another, good or bad. Uh, but thank you to everyone out there who has served. And has uh, either uh, risked their life or laid down their life as a result of uh, to, to allow us to, to uh, continue to do the things that we hold so dear and the uh, principles in this country that, that, uh, that make us so great. So uh, for me as well, thank you. Absolutely. All right. What's, uh, what's been going on with you this week, sir? Well, here's, here's something. Are you aware that there is an X-Wing fighter, a, a, a real one, a full-size X-Wing fighter parked right now a couple of miles away on Hollywood Boulevard here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, no. Well, okay. So last night I went to one of those like work holiday parties like in Hollywood, and you go into a rooftop. Swanky rooftop sure, parties. Yeah. Sure, and, and, and I was trying to navigate through Hollywood. It took me like an hour to get there from my house, which is only 16 miles away, but you know how it works here, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm only about five miles away here, and it takes me 40 minutes. As I'm trying to get to Hollywood in like Selma to get to this rooftop party, there's like this massive road closure on Hollywood Boulevard, and I couldn't figure it out, right? So... You know, we got together last night and had a couple of beers after I went to that party, and we'll talk about that in a little while. But uh, as I go on the internet today to find out why, it turns out there is a full-size X-Wing fighter parked covering three, four lanes of traffic as they've shut down Hollywood Boulevard to get ready for Saturday's world premiere of Rogue One, which will actually be here in Los Angeles at the yes! Pantages Theater on Saturday. But they have put... A full X-wing fighter, and I don't know if like if I can like take the kids to go see like, hey, look, there's next. <laughs> I doubt we can even get close to it. Right. But I've seen like some aerial shots from like the news, and man, it's so cool that they have like a real X-wing fighter just parked there on Hollywood Boulevard. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, uh, you will see pictures of me with that thing. I'm going to make the journey. All right. Make the trek down. To, I might even just take the train down there because you can get off at Vine and walk across the Pantages. You could get off at Hollywood and Highland and walk a couple of blocks. No, you can just go to the next one. Hollywood oh, you're right. Vine and you're right. Pantages is right there. You're right. Okay. So, yeah, you can walk, literally go to the Vine station on the red line and jump out, but I might have to dodge bomb threats that we've been getting here in L.A. Anyway, crazy stuff. That is awesome. Uh, we are li- less than a week away from the premiere uh, of Rogue One. It's here. Yeah. I freaked out last week. I'm a little yeah. more freaked out this week. Um. Speaking of last week, yeah, uh, there's a fun story I kind of wanted to start the show off with. So if you guys listened to last week, 
we had we talked about preparing to download and yes. how this whole world of go- go- physical media is going away and we're we're just going to be downloading things from now on, right? Well, during Black Friday, there were some pretty good deals on some games that were out there. The interesting twist that this all worked out to be was that they were disc-based deals. So I ordered Battlefield 1 and Skyrim and Titanfall 2 on disc, right? Which goes against everything that you like you you you've been preaching on on this yes. show. Like I hate discs. <laughs> it's all digital. Why do you get discs and trade them in? Blah 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 blah. That's right. what you do. Exactly. So I get. I mean, all excited about the Skyrim remaster, and I did. I spent ten or eleven hours playing it, and I'm already level twelve. I think I've done a lot of the all the introductory stuff, and I'm just discovering the more bigger stuff. So I had ended up playing Battlefield One as well, and yes, you swap the discs and whatever. So there was this weird moment where I was sitting in my chair. And I wanted to play Battlefield 1, and I, was, I had been watching some TV or whatever, and I've got everything kind of set up around the chair, right? So I'm going through my menu, and I hit eh, Battlefield 1, just out of habit because I'm not used to it. Please insert the disc to play the game. Oh, God. i got to get up and, and go swap a disc. No, I'll just play Skyrim oh instead. Oh, my God. <laughs> so my lazy fat ass did not want to get up out of my chair to swap a disc. That's how. Even though Battlefield One's amazing, it's really that good. You guys should get it uh, if you love to call it the Medal of Honor and Battlefield style of games. The campaign is fantastic, but I could not be bothered to get up out of my chair to swap a disc, and I think that just feeds into my uh, whatever I've been trained. I've trained myself not to do discs. Your laziness. I mean, you, well, if you yeah. get up to take a piss, you can't like stop by the PlayStation, which is like four feet away, and swap a disc, and then go pee and come you, back. And you got to open a case. You got to eject a disc. You got to put the disc in the case. You got to close. It, you got to put it out. You got to take another case. You got to open the case. You got to take the disc out. You got to put it. Oh my god! First world problems. Right. It's the epitome of first world problems. But I thought it was hilarious, and I think you and I laughed about it as a as kind of a moment. Uh, when we were talking about it before. So, uh, look, let's talk about gaming a little bit more. So, yes, we've been playing a bunch of new games with all these Black Friday deals. You took advantage of it. I took advantage of it. And whether or not they're new, I guess the first one I want to ask you about, you've gone back and played Skyrim. Yes. I bought it, have not put the disc in yet, which I do with every game. Right. But So <laughs> tell me tell me with uh, your experience of, of playing through that game again, because if I remember correctly, you played it a ton when it came out the first time. I, I felt like I played it a ton, but realistically, I didn't play it anywhere near as much as I thought I had. Um, basically I had gotten through the first probably five to six hours of gameplay where you do the introductory quest and you kill a couple of dragons and, you know, it's a lot of exposition and, and context in the introductions of everything. So I told myself I wanted to do magic. I wasn't going to do the whole barbarian thing. I wasn't going to be, you know, sword and board. I wanted to do magic this time and really focus efforts. So what I ended up doing was uh, just going through all of it, really paying attention, and I remember the part where I left off before, and it was like level four or five. I didn't get very far. Oh, really? I, I didn't get as far as anywhere near what I thought I did. So I've really just kind of tried to stick with it, go through the motions of the quests. I'm running into a lot of the same problems where I'm just swimming in all of these quests now. I really don't have any, and it doesn't do a good job of guiding you on which one you should do next based on your level and based on what they think you could uh, accomplish or have a hard time. It doesn't do a good job of doing that. It just gives you this big master list of quests that you need to check off. And you can, you know, in a, in a good way, pick any one that you want to go do, but you might run into a dungeon where you're going to get one shot. Right. Right. So that that's something. I remember but, those days. But the gameplay itself 
the expanse of the world, just how effing massive uh, Skyrim as a realm is. And that hasn't changed, though, between before and now the remaster. Right. I guess what I'm more curious about is like uh, the difference that you may have noticed, uh, if you can remember, between like the graphically and speed or whatever it would be. I still haven't, again, opened it yet, but tell me about that. The graphics definitely look modern. I mean, it's still very relevant. It does. So I've loaded up like the older Grand Theft Autos and Red Dead Revolver and those that they've re- put up on the yeah. PlayStation Store for PS4 from the PS2 days, right? And they look horrible. Yeah, it reminds you of just how bad things were 15 years ago. Um, but this looks like it's a modern title. And this is the third like remastered game that I've played. I've done Last of Us. I've done the Nathan Drake collection. Uh-huh. And now Skyrim. And they really do a good job of, uh, especially the guys at Naughty Dog. And we'll give them a little bit more props later. But uh, they do a really good job of the remastering. And the guys at Bethesda did a fantastic job remastering this game. The textures, the shadows... The fire effects coming out of my hands in first-person view when I'm shooting fire at people. Absolutely fantastic. I'm not a biggest, the biggest fan of their combat system for right. the Elder Scrolls yep. style of games uh, where you really have to target. You can't just sure. sticky target anything. Uh, but that's that aside, I, I'm having a blast playing it. I'm really giving it an honest college try this time, whereas last time I just kind of meh and moved on. Uh, Battlefield 1, I'll jump to that one real quick. It's fan-freaking-tastic as well. Uh, the opening campaign is probably one of the best like war game, military game openings ever. Yeah, I've just done the first. I've just done the first thing where you see the guy in, in the hospital, and then he has like the flashbacks, and you, and you get all the different um, guns and all that sort of stuff in the in the World War One environment, which I think they nailed. And I, that's all I've done, and I can't wait to just see what else is there. And I've heard the campaign's great. But I'm really excited to play the multiplayer. Have you done any of that? Not yet. Okay. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very strict about always going through the campaigns first before I, I get I in too. Uh, to the multiplayer stuff. But I hear it's fantastic. I'm, a, I'm kind of a fan of the old style of Battlefield yeah. uh, 2, Battlefield 3 yeah. multiplayer stuff where it's very team-based. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. More, more time on Battlefield, but I, I just got to get my fat ass up out of the chair to and, put the disc in. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> but that'll be fun. So maybe we can play some multiplayer over the next couple of weeks, and we can we can report back about that. Yes. Um, I picked up the big release last week, which was Final Fantasy 15. Uh, it was it got good reviews. There's there you know there's there's a certain um, uh, catch to playing maybe a Japanese RPG, which has a different uh, style. Historically, right. these games have been. Uh, a little bit strange as far as uh, uh, the design and that sort of thing. Like they they've joked about it, and I actually agree with it. You you play one character, but you're you're a part of like four guys who are running around in the wilderness. And I've played about an, uh, two hours into it. Our friend Jared has played a little mm. bit more. Um, it, it's like you're a part of a Japanese boy band because the way that they're dressed <laughs> yeah. and they have these perfectly like awesome like spiky hair things and and they it's it's uh, it's it's really cool. I'm excited to, to finish it. It's going to be a 50 to 60 hour game like anything else. All of them uh, are. Yeah, and and uh, the only thing I'll say that's different is uh, the 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 battle system is a little bit different. I don't know if you'd played any other Final Fantasy games. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's not I, the the turn based combat correct, RPG co- stuff anymore. Correct. It's much more like it's much more strike strike block. And then your guys can like team up and help you. But if you hit a right button combination correctly, you can drop your potions or your elixirs in the oh, middle wow. of that. 
but it's kind of cool to just instead of like okay you go now what do you fire at that guy he you hit him with a with a thing and that magic thing hit and i haven't done like a game break and i haven't seen like a big like uh spell where like a giant dragon comes out and like the big summons right yeah. i haven't i haven't gotten to that point yet but uh i'm excited to see what they do there's there's all kinds of that crafting stuff and you can learn recipes to make your guys eat delicious uh wonton soup and that's not a joke that's like a <laughs> thing you can eat um uh but yeah it's it's it i'm excited to to see where it goes cool uh, I've had a lot of fun playing Watch Dogs too. Yeah, which you talked about last week. I uh, talked a little bit about it last week. I've continued to play that. I've continued to enjoy it. I uh, Now that I'm wrapping up kind of the campaign side of it, I'm starting to do more of the PvP stuff, which uh-huh. they call hacking events. Yeah. And basically, I can just randomly run up on you as a player and start uh, a hack on you. And it takes about 60 seconds to go from 0 to 100%. And you've got 60 seconds to find me and kill me to stop me before I hack you. And that that's kind of fun little PvP yeah. stuff where yeah. you're not. It's not just a first person shooter where you're running right. around. Uh, it's more GTA style if you're used to playing those open world kind of games. Uh, there's like kart racing. There's drone racing. Wow, all of those kinds of stuff. So there's a lot, whole other element to the game that uh, that I'm excited to get more into now that I'm wrapping up the campaign stuff. But highly recommend Watch Dogs too, especially for those of you that enjoy Grand Theft Auto. You're gonna have an absolute blast playing Watch Dogs 2. There's another sequel that you played, uh, which I also picked up but have not played yet. Go ahead and tell me what you think of that. So let's talk about Titanfall. Um, this is going to be one of those love-or-hate games. Uh, Titanfall 2, specifically. Yeah. Um, the, one, the thing that I loved about the first one is that it was a no-bullshit multiplayer kind of game. And you did certain things. You ran around and killed some guys, and bang, 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 you built up enough points you could call down your mech. Yeah. And you jump in, and you then you just turn into an ultimate badass. Kind of dug that. The problem with it was is that it, it was so fast-paced, there was so many buttons to hit, there was so much going on on your UI that I just could not keep up with everything. And that may be me as just an old man gamer. <laughs> you know, the, the 20-year-olds that have all the agility still to do all of that stuff and manage all of that stuff in their head. Uh, but at the same time, I just when that happens, I tune out. If I can't keep up, I tune out a little bit. I don't. And it, and it 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 bores me honestly. So Titanfall two, I played for about half an hour, did about three multiplayer matches, and I just I eh, I'm over it. I, I don't I don't really care anymore. So it's funny that you bring that up with the amount of things on your screen when you're a you're a uh, an expert Warcraft player with the millions of of buttons mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. What's different about this game? Is it the sticks? Is it what is it? it it's Shit that doesn't matter. Okay, it, that's on. That's flashing at you. That's on your screen. You, it's really hard to actually hit something okay. with your weapons. All right. Um, I don't know. There's a level of difficulty or a learning curve to playing it that I frankly wasn't comfortable with. I got bored really quick. I got frustrated really quick, and it just there was no ease of entry into it. I was getting one shot, just one shot, one shot. You run out in the middle of the field, you get shot, and you you have no idea how you died. And that kind of stuff leads to some extreme frustration. Okay, I haven't played it yet. Um, I'm going to drop it in the in in the. I'm going to put the disc in the system. Uh, <laughs> you should just uh, not break yeah. the seal and take it back to the store. Is what you should do. Uh, I still want to play it. I enjoy the first one, so we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, is it worth sixty bucks for an hours of kind of? Eh, okay, I'll try it. I paid twenty five for it. Oh, well, okay. Moving on. <laughs> the other thing that hit me this week in a big way. Speaking of X wings, yes. <laughs> Uh, I, we've talked about the VR stuff on this podcast before in, in a previous episodes. I actually got a little bit of FOMO, uh, this week, a little fear of missing out because I've never actually put one of those 
uh, headsets, one of those masks on, whatever they are. Yeah. Uh, goggles, whatever that fr- word is for that thing. Uh, and then they announced that Star Wars Battlefront is going to have a VR-exclusive X-Wing campaign where you put the headset on and you use the little joystick things and you fly an X-Wing around in VR mode. I started going, oh, God. It's am amazing. I, am it's I going to go spend $400 yeah. on this? And we were kind of talking about it a little bit before the show. Uh, that was, in, uh, you know, when we first started this podcast, we were talking about it a couple weeks in. That was the big holiday selling thing, yeah. PlayStation VR and the Oculus and all the all the big headset stuff. But the funny thing is, is, is we're going through this holiday season and we've talked about the Black Friday deals and everything else that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. None of the VR stuff is are, are on the front page of those ads. Right. If you look through those ads, it's not there. It wasn't like go to Walmart and you can get the VR for three fifty instead of four hundred. Are they just not pushing it because there's not enough content? Is it is it okay? Well, Battlefront's going to have this one thing you can do for a little bit if you have the VR, which sounds amazing. Don't get me wrong, but is that are they, is there just not an, is, there, is there not a killer app yet, like an entire game that is going to make you go out and get this thing? Uh, maybe not, but I mean, we've been doing that with consoles for two decades now. I mean, consoles will come out and they'll be like one to five kind of template games where you'll have Forza and Halo and whatever, right? It just but I think is it worth the price of an entire console to play one small portion of a game? Not I, even an entire I'd game. I'd say no. I'd love to I'd love to and that's the other thing. There aren't a lot of like store demos. Like even in Best Buy and GameStop, uh you would think that a, a technology of this magnitude you would have and I think there was one in GameStop in Hollywood that I was at uh, a couple months ago, but there's not like people lining up to put this thing on, you know, waiting to to try it. Like, you know, like every every gaming place has a monitor and a system that you can like try this game, try this game, and you see people right. trying it before they buy it. But there's not like a a showroom, so to speak, in these big uh, brick and mortar stores of this technology. And there probably should be if they're trying to sell it. I wonder if it's because of health and safety concerns. I mean, you get somebody that's in there with point. epilepsy uh, or something like yeah, that, they could point. really freak out and fry their brain or yeah. something. I don't know. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know any of that shit, full disclosure. <laughs> uh, so I guess the point I wanted to make was I'm thinking about it. All right. I want to I really it's it's really eating at me that I got to so I've either got to go satisfy this urge at one of these stores that has a demo if I can find one yeah. or I need to go get one of these or research into like what titles support it and yeah. all this I'm interested to see what if the Apple TV is going to support that for like watching movies That'd I'm interested cool. to I, I I really need I'm going to go and do some research on VR because right. it's it's piqued my interest enough now to where I am going oh yeah, I kind of want to do that. We can definitely agree that uh, while it's not now, it probably is the f- it, it's a very real future thing that a oh, lot of sure. people will be getting at some point. It's just it's in the early stages, and, and do you jump in now? Maybe not, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, if you get it, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, maybe I just get rid of my iPhone and get a Samsung Galaxy and just do the plug-in one. Don't say that. Um, never mind. I'm not doing that. <laughs> So a big thing happened in Anaheim this weekend, uh, this past weekend. It was the uh, the PlayStation Experience, which is a, an annual thing that they do. It just happened to be here. Unfortunately, we didn't get to go. Uh, we're going to hit a couple of quick bullet points of things that they announced for Sony PlayStation coming up. Number one, Last of Us 2 was finally announced by Naughty Dog. Uh, they also announced a new chapter for Uncharted 4. 
it, it's a, it, think of it as like a downloadable little mini mission or something that you could play. Those guys have been busy. Yes, sir. Oh, man. And th- to me, they absolutely, there were a ton of new announcements. This was like a mini E3 PlayStation exclusive yeah. E3 that happened in December. Yeah. But Naughty Dog absolutely stole the show. They did. Right? With, they did. Between the Uncharted 4 chapter and the Last of Us 2 teaser reveal. I mean, it, the, all of the other, of course, there was new trailers for Horizon Dawn and all the other big games that we're expecting for next year. But Grand Turismo. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How many more of those can you do? So, yeah, we don't really have time to go over all of the games there. I mean, I'll definitely put a link in the show notes for you guys. You can see all of the trailers and all of the videos. They've, they've posted all of those online if you haven't seen them yet, but I'll, uh, I'll make sure I put one big compendium list there for you to see all of the good stuff that's going on. So we also had the uh, 2016 Game Awards happen this week. And I, you know, again, don't want to spend too much time on this. We're, we're not going to read it like the Oscar awards, but right. what I do want to give props to is Blizzard. Uh, Overwatch wiped the frickin' floor with, with the awards this year. They won four of the major awards, including Game of the Year, game, Best Game Direction, Best Multiplayer Title, and Best Esports Title. And to, that's some big competition to be in when you're doing, especially multiplayer and esports. Yeah. You're talking about League of Legends. You're talking about Heroes of the Storm. You're talking about StarCraft. You're talking about Halo. Talking about Halo. All of those. So for them to just kind of supersede all of those, it has been a massive success for them. This is a game that I never saw Blizzard doing, if yeah, I'm being honest. And this game is ago. only, what, six months old? Oh, no, it's a year old. It came out uh, last summer, did didn't it? it? Uh, yeah. Or earlier this May, summer. April, something like that? Yeah, so it's not even a year old. Yeah, so I mean, it's to be that good and that I mean, yeah. Honorable mentions as well. Uh, Uncharted Four got best narrative. I can vouch for that one. It's probably one of the best story games I've ever played, ever, ever. Period. It's, wow. If you have not played that through uh, the entire way, stop what you're doing. Turn, leave this podcast on, run in the background, uh, and just stop whatever you're playing and go finish and play Uncharted Four. It, you will not be disappointed. And if you love it. Go back and grab the Nathan Drake collection and play the first three because they are equally as amazing as Uncharted 4. I will agree with all those things you just said. Uh, Doom, if you've played Doom, you know how amazing the sound and the music is in that game. So it won for best uh, best sound and music. Uh, not much more to say about that. It is a phenomenal game and it is, requires high volume and big headphones or a big sound system to thoroughly enjoy that game because it is truly, truly an epic sound. Um, and one little thing I want to rant about. Um, the last award was for the most anticipated game of 2017. And Zelda, Breath of Wind, uh, was it Breath of Wind? Breath of Air? Breath of something. Breath of blah, 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 blah. Uh, one most anticipated game of 2017. And I'm going to step up on my soapbox again here, and I know we went over this in the past, but we've got to get past this exclusive title bullshit. Yep. I'm not going to go buy a Nintendo Switch just to play Zelda. And you're preventing me from playing your game and spending $60 on your game because it's not cross-platform. Right. We've mostly eliminated this with Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah, mostly. except for a couple of titles. Uh, Uncharted originally was exclusive, and Halo was exclusive. You, you still, still can't are. play Halo on, on those, on, or you still can't play those vice versa. But for the most, 99.9% of games are available cross-platform. Yeah. Zelda has more exclusive titles than any other console ever. And you can't play Mario, you can't play Zelda, you can't play Kart, you can't play any of those Nintendo titles on any other platform. Why? Why don't you do that? Why not go the Sega route and make more money? Yeah. Sell me copies of Mario World, whatever this version's going to be, for PlayStation. 
Why, what is it? What's there's no. There's You'd no, buy it. You'd buy it if it was on. Of that, course, right? yeah. I'd buy it if they did it for my phone or for 3ds or whatever. Sure. Um, but I, I would buy that, and I would give you sixty dollars to play it. I would give you sixty dollars to play Zelda. I agree with you. I'm still going to get the Nintendo Switch because I'm stupid and I'm a Nintendo fan. Like, like unlike you, uh, like you know, I'm I'm hardcore Nintendo, so I'm going to get it. Uh, Zelda won't be available from everything I've read at the Nintendo Switch launch, so who knows when it'll come out. Well. Which is, another, which is another problem. They which should, gives me yeah. a point to play yours and decide whether I want to get one or not. But that's a launch title. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. And the other thing that, that I will say about that is if that's the most anticipated game, the only thing I'll say about that is, and we don't know many of the other games that are coming out next year, that means it's more anticipated than Horizon Dawn, which looks awesome. Uh, it's more anticipated than Mass Effect 3. Crazy. And even more importantly to the two of us, it's more anticipated than Red Dead Redemption 2. Or that's, Destiny 2. Sure, that's crazy. Yeah. And I love Zelda, but come on. Those are other games are just like, all right. Like, I, yeah, I like to go play the little Zelda game, but like, as far as like long-term investment into a game, big scope, big whatever, those games are the ones that I want to play more than Zelda. Yep. And I'll admit that wholeheartedly. You know how big of a Zelda fan I am. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I actually played through the original Zelda title on my 3DS on my trip home. Uh, I forgot to mention that last week when we were talking, but... Uh, yeah, you can the, all of those classic titles that you love. If you didn't get a a, a classic, you can actually play through those uh, on the N- Nintendo 3DS. So uh, it, yes, it, I mean those are all available on the Nintendo Store for the 3DS. So I know we're going to talk about their availability later on in the show, but it's uh, if you have a 3DS, you can play them on that. If you didn't get an NES, uh, one of the new classics that they're out of stock on everywhere. Yeah, if you're not one of the 15 people in the world <laughs> that were successful that got, that got a Nintendo classic. <laughs> Uh, you could you could get those games right. So I know this has been a lot about gaming, but that was really what was the big stuff in the in the news this week. Yeah. Uh, so I know we did a full half show on on gaming, but uh, bear with us. We're going to talk about a lot more stuff like TV and movies. Hey, so guess what? I finally got around to watching that that classic movie that came out this summer. Called the Suicide Squad. Oh, I, what? Yeah, I finally got around to watching it, and I had pretty much the same opinion—a bad one—that you had of it as well. Now, here's the thing: I watched the first half hour of it, and I kind of liked it. I, I, I know you don't like the music, 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 character intro, character intro, all that jazz at the beginning. I kind of was okay with it. I like that we get to see a hint of Batman in it. I like that we get to see like a glimpse of the Flash. And to me, it's like, okay, we're coming out of Batman v Superman. And we have this this universe that we've already set up. And there's Batman. And then we're in a world where uh, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Superman. And Superman's gone. What happens if another Superman shows up? How do we stop it? And their solution is, oh, we're going to get a bunch of bad guys to solve the problem. Mm. Whatever. And then fucking Jared Leto shows up as the Joker. And you know what? I wanted to give the guy the benefit of the out but the moment the, the the moment he shows up and i've heard i've heard comparisons in the honest trailer thing you sent yeah. what was it he's like he's like james franco james and, franco and spring breakers meets ace ventura yeah that's yeah, really good <laughs> it's, it's a spot-on comparison but right? my thought was like he did a bunch of like humphrey bogart like i'm just gonna hurt you real bad right and then and the, but he was also like a bad peewee herman at the same time <laughs> Right? Yes. So every time he's on screen, you're just like, don't, don't, oh, yeah, like, oh, man, he's terrible. Yeah. He's terrible as, as, oh, but he, he was a method actor and he was into it and I don't care. It didn't work for me. Here's what worked for me. Margot Robbie and Will Smith. That's it. Yep. I don't know who the main villain they're fighting is. I didn't care about the Enchantress bit. 
the movie just ends and I don't care. And and it's too bad. They had a chance to do something with it to maybe set up something. They they did nothing to set up like the Justice League coming next year at all. It was it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It, I, I I tried to warn you guys. You did. You, know? you did. You warned and I you. think the opening vignettes would have been a great marketing tool to post those little two to three minute videos on YouTube leading up to the movie and not sure. have to capitalize. Sure. Forty five minutes of the whole film, right? But they sold us on it's the Joker. The Joker's in. He's not in it. He's in it for he's, twelve minutes. At fourteen minutes in the extended cut, which I <laughs> predicted. By the way, if you remember, I yes. said I said I'm sure there'll be an extended cut when it releases on home video. There was. Uh, on on iTunes and and I watched and it the just made it worse. Yeah, they showed some backstory stuff, but it didn't matter. He's still bad. You're right. There was one moment where he shoots the machine gun out of the back of the helicopter. He's like ah, ha, 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 laughing like the Joker should laugh. That's the only moment in the entire movie, two hours, two plus hours, that we get to see him be the Joker. And and I hope he never plays the Joker again. No. But guess what? He will. Oh God, I just. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that shitty movie anymore. Let's talk about a movie that does rock, though. Right, and here's the thing: we we said that the the whole style of that movie was was geared very much like the Guardians of the Galaxy, with, with like the the color scheme and the songs and all that stuff. We finally got a Guardians of the Galaxy two trailer slash. It wasn't really a trailer as much as it was like a couple of scenes. Yeah, it was totally a, a big teaser around. Well, the fun part of it was. Uh, you got a couple of scenes with Rocket and the baby Groot. Yeah. With the big red button uh-huh. and, and all that. So Hilarious. if you haven't seen it, pause right here. Go watch the trailer. The link is in the show notes. All right. So you've watched it now, and it's awesome because you get views of Star-Lord, of uh, what is Zoe Saldana's character, Z- Zamara. Uh, I can never remember it. Anyway, it's a lot. it just looks fun. And that was the big takeaway from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It was just fun. And I'm really looking forward to having a lot of fun with this one. People are in love with the baby Groot. Yeah. I think he's going to steal the movie. Yep. Uh, and it's, uh, I am Groot. He's just going to push in the button. <laughs> Hilarious. Right? And- yeah, but the interesting thing, the, the only other takeaway I'll say about this is they didn't actually show anything regarding story, regarding like big worlds, or uh, but they gave you enough of the characters that you fell in love with in the first movie to make you be like, yeah, I can't wait till that comes again. Oh, yeah. Because if it's it's in the exact same tone, yes. that's that's what I took away was like it's like it never stopped. Yeah. Like I'm I'm right back in the same world, and I'm gonna have a lot of fun watching it. I can't wait. It's gonna be so good. All right, uh, the Mummy trailer dropped this week with running Tom Cruise, uh, who has <laughs> yeah. the uh, the best run in Hollywood still to this day. Yes, he does. Um, there's I, I think a lot of people will latch onto this as a sort of reboot of the Brendan Fraser movies, and it's, I want to make sure not, that we clear that not. up. Yeah, it's that not. that's not the case. Uh, what's really going on here is Universal is tapping back into the Universal movie monsters. So Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, Wolfman, uh, Mummy, Wolfman, all those guys, right? Uh, and this is it's it's out there, it's public that this is the first of what is going to be a universal monster universe, universal universe, universal universe <laughs> <laughs> of the mo- the famous universal monsters. Uh, the mummy is going to be the first one, so I'm anxious to see where this goes. As I rub my hands together menacingly, I'm very excited because I love. The Universal Monsters. Yeah, I some liked, of my favorite uh, movie characters. Yeah, I like the tone of the of the trailer. It 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 had a bit of a scary, dark element to it, where the Very original dark. mummies were more like, "Hey, here's he's like it's more Indiana Jones, yeah, Brendan Fraser, and I'm goofy." Yeah, you know? it's yeah. like Indiana Jones style. Where this one looked like a, it looked kind of creepy, and that's how those monsters should be in today's world. If we're really gonna make these monsters relevant now, we have to figure out a way to make them 
scary and yet at the same time there has to be a big adventure element to it you throw tom cruise in this movie it's automatically going to at least get people in seats so i'm excited. the man doesn't make bad movies no he doesn't uh, yeah. you got to go all the way back to vanilla sky yeah in 2001 sure to really find a bad everything he and he puts out a good movie every single year yeah you can literally go back and look at his imdb record and that meant that he is to me the last big movie star maybe you could give an honorable mention to denzel maybe throw russell crowe in there but to me tom cruise doesn't make bad movies yeah but tom cruise has been around longer than those guys oh, you're course. right you're right you're right to yes. me he is the last great movie star yeah, uh, everybody sells, else is kind of disposable at yeah, this point he right? sells tickets uh, he puts butts in seats and he just and he produces most of his own movies now yes yeah, so that's he, the other thing yeah jack reacher 2 coming out very soon i'm very very excited about that one. Oh, on home video for sure oh yeah uh, another person that puts butts in seats would be our good friend michael bay <laughs> speaking of pearl Harbor. Harbor. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we did get a Transformers seven five whatever the hell number Transformers movie this is. What is it called? Like the Transformers first night, dark night, the, the last du- night, something night, whatever Transformers. Uh, I don't know. Last night, I think is what okay, it is. Okay, great. Uh, it, it looks like crap. Uh, I mean, yes, it's going to make five hundred million dollars, but it, it just looks it looks gratuitous. It's a lot of bass drops. It's a their Optimus Prime is turning bad. First he's dead, now he's back, then he's bad and he kills Bumblebee yeah. in the trailer. Sorry if you haven't seen it yet, but uh, the bottom line is here it's a Michael Bay movie. There's going to be a lot of shit blowing up. There's going to be a lot of amazing VFX with the the Transformers robots and there's going to be a lot of sunset scenes. Yes, that's I, <laughs> that goes back to my theory of yes. if you want to live or survive in a Michael Bay movie, you need to make sure you're inside or hiding from something during sunset or sunrise yes. because that's when the shit goes down <laughs> unless it's really dark and there's a bunch of military people around it's a helicopter tracking shot of cars going over a hill at sunset right, right? <laughs> here's the here's the here's the sad part about it is i still want to see it just because there's something about the spectacle of a michael bay movie as bad as it's going to be it'll still be worth your 12 15 20 whatever it is right. just to see it on a big screen and have your ass blown out of theater uh, that's uh, that's what he does and and, and all right I'll see it and hate the whole thing while I'm watching it, but I'm going to have a good time. I, I'll go see it to support the VFX artists because that is arguably some of the best special effects going around today is those Transformer movies. What they do with those robots is amazing. Yes. And forget that it's Michael Bay. Forget the cheesy story that he's writing and directing, but uh, go see it for the work that those guys are putting into it because those VFX shots are freaking fantastic. Yeah. How they put those together and you see them all transforming. <laughs> All that stuff going on, right? And at some point, hopefully, Mark Wahlberg will be like, hey, say hello to your mother for me. Yeah. Have you ever noticed how, hey, guys, er everything Mark Wahlberg does is a question? Yeah. That's uh, how he talks, and it's this high-pitched thing, man. You'll you'll never be able to watch Mark Wahlberg again the same way, because now that I've shown you this... (laughs) It's it's going to be apparent to you every single time. Is it's it? like a question. Is it a question? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, last big thing in TV and movies this week is Netflix. we got a lot of things to talk about here around Netflix, and we'll go through them real quick. So there was some news that came out this week that their goals for 2017 are to have 1,000 hours. That's crazy. 1,000 hours of original content with the goal to make at least half of the shows, half of the shows of all of their shows and films available to subscribers be Netflix originals. That's quite an undertaking and very impressive. And you know what? They're going to pull it off. They're going to do it. And there's apparently a budget of upwards of $10 billion that they're throwing at this to be able to pull this off. And the other things we got to talk about, they got a new film coming out called Spectral, which looks pretty awesome. 
and the the tagline is they brought guns to a ghost fight or so. I thought that was kind of cute, but the, uh, the yeah, it, it looks pretty awesome. Again, I'll put the link to it if you haven't seen it in the show notes there, but it looks like a really fun film. It's a bunch of military stuff, and they're shooting at ghosts, and it doesn't work, and they have to figure out how to kill them. It's a really cool trailer, and as I'm watching the trailer, I'm like, wow, I really want to see this, and it says December 9th. That's in two days. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, great. Good job, Netflix. Netflix is living up to it, right? Yeah, and, and I could speak on a personal level. I just did a show for Netflix a couple of uh, uh, weeks ago. Uh, there's a show coming out next year called Bill Nye Saves the World. Ooh. If you remember Bill Nye the Science Can Guy. Can you tell us anything about that yet? I, I can't tell you too much about it, except that it's really, really good, and we had a live audience, and, and I can't wait to to see it i was proud to work on it uh i got to work with bill nye closely he is an amazing guy uh yes so i'm looking forward to that coming out of march so netflix so netflix did an original show that had a live audience yeah that's pretty cool that's yeah. i think that's the first one of those that they did uh, yeah uh they do the chelsea handler show i think as well oh that's right yeah, that's right so, yeah, yeah, yeah and they were shooting that on the same lot on sony cool. uh, uh two stages down but yeah uh I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that show and and uh when we get closer to that we'll talk about it definitely so the uh, last thing we got to talk about is all the marvel stuff that's going on on netflix as well they're really pushing forward towards Defenders, yeah. which is kind of the penultimate uh, peak of all of this, of Iron Fist and Daredevil, and Punisher's going to get his own show. Uh, Luke Cage got renewed for Season 2. Jessica Jones's Season 2 is coming. Uh, all of this stuff is really pushing toward that one goal of having the the Marvel Defenders. That'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And, you know, I didn't really enjoy Luke Cage that much. I enjoyed him as a sideshow in Jessica Jones, even though that show was a little bit of a drag. It took a little bit to get, to get going. Um, Luke Cage was kind of, eh, eh, okay, he's there. He, he's a character, cool. He Did he need his own show? Not really. Is it going to be anywhere near as good as uh, John Bernthal as uh, Punisher? Yeah. No. Uh, that's I can't wait for that one. That one's that is that guy was born to play Punisher. He, he was great. Uh, I've watched the first episode of Luke Cage and really liked it. Um, I I still have to catch up on that stuff. It's just it's, it's a matter of time of, of the amount of time that I have doing everything that I do. Which we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I'm sure. Yes, uh, a little bit of foreshadowing there for you guys. So, uh, lastly, let's talk about some quick tech news. <laughs> So the rumors continue to spin about Apple building a car. And guys, this is just crap. It, there's no way. I don't, I, I don't want to be the guy that two years from now when Apple goes, we're announcing our new car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have to come back and go, uh, guys, sorry. I know I said it was bullshit, but they just announced that there was a car. There's not. They're not going to build a car. Elon Musk is and, and Tesla are so far ahead of the game right now with the whole smart car, electric car world. They've, you've literally got an. If you own a Tesla, you know this. You've got an iPad on your uh, dash, right, right? That does all your stuff. Where Apple is really succeeding is with CarPlay. Yeah, and they've really got big deals with Ford uh, and a couple Honda, of other man Honda, Honda as BMW, well. Yep. Yeah, to introduce this kind of platform, much like iOS and much like TVOS and etc. Those different platforms that they have to build these custom apps and all of that stuff. Uh, right into your car, and I think that's going to be massive. Are they going to come out with their own car that has four wheels and somehow has Siri talking to you? I don't. I don't think so. I, it's, it's so much of a different direction and a left turn from what they're what they're doing today. They could be so much better off just doing CarPlay and automating some of the things in the car with like touchscreens and stuff like that. Um, I agree with you uh, to a certain point. I, I, I've I've read in uh, many things about. Self-driving cars are going to be the way of the world by 2020. I don't think it's going to be 2020. That's four years from now. 
Um, could be 2025. Maybe it's self-driving cars. If that becomes the way of the world in self-driving cars, I would think that Apple would have some sort of stake in that. Uh, whether or not it's uh, creating a car, they will do something that has to, like you're saying, it's going to be integrated into it. Oh, so absolutely. That's what I'll say about that. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to manufacture vehicles right. is what I'm getting at. Okay. And that's I think that's what everybody keeps getting excited. They they went through this with the, the before the Apple TV box that we know today came out, there was this idea that they were going to come out with a TV right. that had tvOS built into the TV. That would have been awesome, yeah. right? Didn't do that either, right? Nope. They realized that they could control it better if they didn't have to deal with TV manufacturers. The exact same thing is going to happen with the car. So it's bullshit. Don't believe any of it. Uh, you heard it here first, right? Uh, speaking of Apple, one other thing is that they're starting to have some problems with batteries, much like Mr. Samsung. Oh, no. So they're not blowing up like the Samsung counterparts are. But uh, as I've been having problems, uh, if you guys have heard with my phone, uh, and the battery just shutting off, or the phone just shutting off at like 22%. Now even the MacBook Pros, it seems, are starting to have these exact same kind of issues where either it's getting low, it's not charging, it's not charging full, it's shutting off improperly, the touch bar isn't working properly, this big thing that they announced. So I, we'll see where that goes. I, I, again, it's physics. It's thermodynamics. The more we try to cram in, and the more Johnny Ive tries to make it thinner and thinner, that guy just, just stop trying to make things so thin and, and featherweight. You're, we want horsepower. Yeah. The weight and the thinness is, is not that big a deal. We've been carrying laptops around for a long time. It, it's, it's not that big of an aesthetic deal to have all of these problems with uh, performance and with batteries and all of that stuff. Just leave it alone, right? Enough ranting about Apple. Uh, I think something really cool came out that you brought to my attention earlier this week reg- regarding uh, Amazon. Yeah, so uh, we've we've been talking about Amazon a lot with some of the the things they've been doing that are sort of outside of the box. Last week we were joking around about Amazon restaurants and Amazon fishing, fishing. even though <laughs> even though that's not really a thing. But um, so apparently they've 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 started uh, or they did a test grocery store, an Amazon grocery store, and I don't know where this was, Seattle. See, okay. Imagine going into a grocery store and you go and you you have a cart and the cart has like a, a scanner in it. So you you pick things off the shelf and you scan it in your cart and you put it in the cart and then you just walk out the door. Imagine if you didn't have to go to a checkout line where somebody's like beep 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 every beep, single beep, item beep beep beep. Okay, that's one hundred fifty dollars and you swipe your card and then you put it all in bags and you walk out the door. A little bit different. You've read a little bit about this, right? They call it Amazon Go. And the whole premise is you never have to interact with a cashier or stand in a line. So it looks like when you walk in the front door of the store, you scan a QR code or something on your phone, and it and it lets you in. It looks like a subway turnstile sure. uh, for the metro or something like that. Uh, and it, there's through, I don't know, they follow you around with GPS or they track you somehow on your phone. But when you pick an item up and you put it in your bag or your cart, it automatically does the weight thing where it knows that it in the sensor of where it was sitting, all of that stuff works together to figure out what you've bought, what you've picked up and put in your bag or your cart. And you put, you do all your shopping and you just walk out of the store. So you're essentially, your shopping cart that you're wheeling around is almost like a self-checkout kiosk. But Scale, it, but, kiosk But thing. instead, it's just that in, instead of you having to stop with your cart and doing the self-checkout, you're taking the step away of that's your self-checkout is the cart you're pushing. You push it out the door and you got the stuff. I don't even know that it's to do with the cart. It's more to do with uh, the sensors that are underneath the items on the shelf. 
and your phone somehow knows that you're next to the sensor. Oh, cool. So when you pick up that box of cereal off the shelf, it before you even put it in your bag or your cart, it knows that you picked it up. Yeah. And it even showed in the teaser video that you could put it back and it would zero, it would minus it off of your wow. your your tender, right? All right. So now uh, after you do all of that and you walk out of the store, the sensor sees you walk out of the turnstile and it just automatically bills your account again. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing that we've gotten to this point. That's cool, but that's a lot of tech and science, and I, I can't figure that out. I need a second to break that down. Break it down! All right, so leading into our WWE segment this this week, uh, look, we realize we're already way into the show at this point, so I'm going to try something new this week. Okay. Uh, I thought it would be fun. We've gotten some feedback around the WWE stuff. Some people like it, some people not so much. We maybe spend a little too much time on it, so I wanted to try maybe... The Ace Ventura recap method. All right. So here we go. This week in the WWE, Linda McMahon announced that she would be joining Trump's cabinet as small business administrator. We had these tables, ladders, and chairs SmackDown Live exclusive pay-per-view on Sunday, which is actually Nick's favorite pay-per-view because it reeks of ECW and hardcore undertones. We had the Miz versus Ziggler intercontinental ladder match. Miz retained the title. Alexa Bliss wins the women's SmackDown Live title, taking the title away from Blecky Lynch. AJ Styles and Ambrose had an epic ladder match that was completely legendary and will go down in history as one of the better matches ever. But James Ellsworth did a full heel turn and turned his back on Dean Ambrose, giving AJ Styles the title. The next night on Raw, it seems to be getting better and better. On the previous week, Jericho and Owens started their little breakup and started bickering with each other, potentially ending the friendship. Also, Roman Reigns gets yet another title shot. Thanks, Vince McMahon. For fuck's sakes, stop pushing him over. It's not going to happen. Seth Rollins also called out Triple H from back at SummerSlam when he turned gave the belt to Kevin Owens, finishes his full face turn, in my opinion, and goads Kevin Owens to come outside. But what happens? The Big Show comes back out. In the match against Rollins, Big Show turns on Owens and walks out of the match. Enzo moves in on Lana. Big Cass gets more singles competition against Rusev. Or does he? What we get is one of the best skits since the Attitude Era, where Rusev and Lana double-cross Enzo and end up beating the crap out of him. Cass can't find Enzo to save him. Oh, no. Jericho faces Reigns for the U.S. title, and Owens interferes and messes it up. Reigns retains the U.S. title. Next week, we get a triple-threat tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. And Charlotte calls out her father, Ric Flair, to apologize, allegedly. Uh, and then turns on him and slaps him and says, how dare you for raising Sasha's hand. And Ric Flair cries again in the ring. So now we're going to have a 30-minute Iron Man match for the Women's Championship on Raw. <sighs> Woo! So on our main story tonight, what we really wanted to talk about, and this idea was born out of kind of doing podcasting because we have to go and find all of these news articles and things to keep up with every week. So I wanted to title this one A Whole New World. And it's really <laughs> it's really to go into this idea that new things are announced every single week. New things are released every single week, whether that's games or tech or news or any of this stuff. Or Blu-rays or anything else every single Tuesday. Every single week you get Music. something new. And it's this true fast food approach to news and releases and kind of things to be excited about. And I guess... We've gotten to this point. Are we numb to this? 
uh, you brought up a good point of where we, we don't even have time anymore to play through or watch movies or do any of these things on a week-to-week basis because we've got to move on to the next thing that's well, coming out. It's not just that. It's just, uh, We have lives. We, yeah. we, we don't have enough time to consume all of this content that we're talking about. Admittedly, the stuff that we're talking about, like this week we took a break from Destiny and we're like scrambling through to get through all these Black Friday games. And I played a little bit of this one and you played a little bit of this one and you played a little bit of this one. And all of these games that we, that we got were released within like three weeks of each other. And we're now just trying to catch up to it. Yep. Uh, no, and then you got movies coming out. You, Magnificent Seven's dropping. You got Jack Reacher 2's coming out. So you've got movies to watch. The whole news cycle uh, around the election or all of this other stuff. There's a new thing every week. There's a new thing every day almost with, with regards to that. So yeah. it's this kind of weird world that we've evolved into where we just constantly have to have be consuming. It's like this epitome of consumerism that we've gotten to where we've got to just buy, buy, buy. Bye, bye, bye. Just uh, eat, read, read, eat, uh, all of this stuff that we've yeah. got going on. I, I can't keep up with all of it. Yeah, there's there's no, like, settling on anything no. anymore. No. There's no just like, okay, that's out, and I'm just going to play that for a little while. I'm going to play the Zelda game, and I'm going to just sit there and work on that, and then maybe someday another Nintendo game will come out. No. Yeah. No. We don't live in that world anymore. We don't. It was last week was Final Fantasy, and then this week it's it's Last Guardian, and next week it's I don't know, but then now it's Rogue One, and now it's it's just all the way up to Christmas. And now it's Christmas, and guess what? Now it's New Year's, and then it'll be the Super Bowl, and then it'll be it's it's we can't take a break, <laughs> we can't, and I don't want to. But and it's, it's great for the podcast, sure, and it's great for it's great for us as fans of all this stuff. We have nine to five lives. I have children. There's no way to keep up with all this stuff. So if if, if with the nine to five life, right? A general nine to five life. You get home at five, you eat dinner at six, seven o'clock, right? Maybe. Then you've got from seven to nine, ten, eleven, you got four hours to consume whatever you're gonna consume. Video game, movie, show, uh, music, whatever that's going to be. A four hour window, two hours of that if that's a movie, that's done. So now you got two hours to play video games. Final Fantasy takes fifty hours to complete. <laughs> right? So you're gonna get maybe a step into that. Right. Maybe you'll play an hour of Battlefield. Maybe your buddies are online with you playing Destiny for a little bit. There's no way to consume all this stuff. Yep. And we'll never be able to catch up because something new is coming out, just like you said. And it's a tough thing to try and keep up with. I'm excited to try and play all these things. And I want to be able to tell you that and it's shocking to me when I read like these reviews of video games that people like, do they just sit there? Yes, their job is to sit there and just play that game all day. I, I, I want to do that for a living. I do too. But but at the same time, it's like I, I don't want to just like limit myself to one thing. And yes, we've been guilty about limiting ourselves to Destiny maybe or limiting ourselves to another game like you played Skyrim a bunch this week. But it's like you don't want to stop playing something just so you can say you've done something else to play it, not just to talk about it on the podcast, but to talk about it in in like social situations. Hey, man, have you played the new civilization yet? I haven't. You haven't. Hey, man, have you have you have you seen that trailer? Yeah, I've seen that trailer. No problem. That was three minutes. Hey, man, have you played this? Hey, have you seen this movie? Hey, did you watch the episode of Westworld? Hey, did you watch the new Walking Dead? It's impossible. It is absolutely impossible to keep up with all that stuff. Yeah, just my head explode. But I mean, you nailed it. And it's a lot. A lot of it has to do with kind of this weird social relevance thing that we we're constantly it's it's you know twenty first century version of keeping up with the Joneses yeah in a sense where you have to constantly be caught up on on all this stuff and what do you mean you haven't seen that trailer yet what do you mean you haven't played that game yet there's almost this kind of weird social relevance peer pressure thing that goes on where 
and I'm as guilty of it as anybody. I, I bomb out all kinds of stuff via text and Facebook messages sure. to a lot of you guys that I'm I've, that are listening that I'm friends with. You you uh, you know I'm very active on Facebook and I share a lot of that stuff. But at the same time, it's uh, that's me kind of investing in doing this show, maintaining a social presence, all of that stuff. And part of it is I just want my friends to see all the cool shit that's coming out. Yeah. And I know that they have busy lives and they have kids and I have kind of a not so busy life at the moment. So I, I kind of use that in a way where I share that. But there's this kind of built in thing where when we go to the bar or at the water cooler at work or it's, Hey man, did you see that new trailer for this thing? Or Hey, did you get to play battle it? No, not yet. I had to do this with the kids. And then they feel guilty that they haven't seen. I don't know. I mean, there's I, a weird I, psycho- psychological aspect to it as well. Like we just talked about suicide squad. I yeah. feel guilty that I didn't see that in a theater just so we could talk about it when it was relevant, when it happened. <laughs> what but do you mean you haven't seen suicide squad? You're Mr. Comic book man. I know, I but I didn't based on the, the reviews and all that sort know. of stuff. And it was, it was, a, it was a time. I was managed- just giving you shit. I know, but, 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 in a real response to that, it was a time management choice, in my yeah. opinion, and it was it was a financial choice. Do I need to go spend the money to go see this and, and take away the two hours to go see that something that I knew was going to be bad? And then I've now taken that two hours and moved it to November, or yeah, I guess November slash December at this point to watch this movie. And it, guess what? I didn't watch it in one sitting. It took me a, a, like a couple of nights to get through thirty, 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 thirty to finish the movie. Wow. You know, it, it, it just, it, that's how it works. Uh, uh, regardless of whether or not you have kids, it goes back to just the amount of time you have to consume the content that's there. It's easy to say, have you seen that trailer? Sure. Hey, did you see that sketch from Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah. Three minutes, five minutes. That's easy to do. But when we're talking about movies, shows that are an hour length or games that are massive, like even, even the fact that we're going back, like you said, and we're going back and playing Skyrim. Shouldn't you be playing like a new game? No, you wanted to go play Skyrim because that's like a familiar, like fun thing. And then you get wrapped up into it. Whether or not you wanted to change a disc, you're still taking the time to do that. Right? Yes. Or like I've gone and played like uh, Iron Banner, uh, Iron Banner uh, Destiny for a couple of uh, hours this week. But I should have maybe been playing WWE 2K17, or maybe I should have watched Raw, or maybe like you can't. There, there just is not enough time in the day to catch up on all of these things. Right. Even me watching, keeping up with the, all of the wrestling stuff week to week is is a chore at this point. That's even five hours of content, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. But I even watch the uh, ninety minute Hulu versions that are condensed just to keep up with them. And I mean. You know, you uh, read a lot of the forums and, and uh, Reddit and stuff like that to keep up with. I know Jared lives on Reddit. He's constantly telling me stuff that I hadn't heard of. We had a fun kind of phone call with him last night about that stuff. So uh, what to do with the belts and everything. So uh, even that, to be able to go even just do the Ace Ventura thing that I did uh, just now, that was three hours. That's minimum of three hours per week plus the three-hour pay-per-view that we had on Sunday. So right there, that was six hours that I just did in about 60 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and it, I didn't even talk about SmackDown, sure. really, uh, that, that went on last night. So all of that said, I mean, there is there is this thing that we have to do where it, for us as podcasters, it's I, the reason that I thought about this was we constantly have so much to talk about. And we go through this process where we whittle things down that we don't think you guys are going to either care about or is it not relevant to the show or the listenership, et cetera. But there's always just this abundance of stuff going on. And, and I guess what I'm curious about is, do you guys feel this too? Do you constantly feel overwhelmed? By, do you get fatigued by the just abundance of, I don't want to say crap, but just stuff that's going on constantly every day, every week? It's a new game. It's a new movie. It's a new trailer. It's a new book that come out. It's a new uh, show that got started that's getting Ray reviews. The new season of something is starting. The finale of this thing is this week. 
it's just over effing whelming uh, at times. It's funny that you bring up just just our show. So what we're trying to do with this show is just keep you informed of stuff that you may not have heard about because you don't have a lot of time. And of that limited time that you have, we're hoping when we again what you were talking about with whittling everything down, we could talk about stuff for three hours if we want. Oh, absolutely, to. easily. But, but we're then competing with your time yeah. as a listener. You're like, I get it, I get it. They're talking about. We want to keep it down to an hour so we can just say this, 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 this. Here's something that we care about. We know that you care about it. We're trying to get out of it, not only so we can get our show done, but so we can go consume all that media that we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So think of it as a condensed one hour version of all of the shit that went on across all these different major categories that we cover in this show and then we try to do a fun little story just like this one yeah to to talk about it so that's that's kind of the the approach that i wanted to take this week i would love to hear back from you guys let us know on facebook or twitter what you think uh, because i'm curious to know if this is a real thing or if i'm just out of my freaking head no, but I, I know it's something that i've felt more and more the past few years and i have too and here's the thing like we have things that we like right yeah. i could just focus on all things star wars or all things comic books if i wanted to but i like wrestling and i like video games and i like movies and i like tv that's my own fault and again it's just the amount of time that i have to consume stuff without having to sleep but I have to sleep and I have other responsibilities in life, whether it's job or whether it's family or whatever. And, and all of the listeners and you do as well. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a simple amount of time and the amount of content. There's no way to consume it all. Just like, just like that, that age old joke of like, well, I finally reached the end of the internet. Impossible. Yeah. There's always something, <laughs> there's always something to learn about and, and you'll never know enough. You'll never like those old people are like, oh, I've forgotten more than, you know, it's, it's that it's, we're going to put come it's it's consumerism at its finest and i'm yes. glad that there's new stuff to play or new stuff to watch or new stuff to consume all the time there's just no way we can consume it all exactly so i'm interested to hear uh, if you guys have the same thing this is something we've been feeling lately and it's uh, you know just overwhelmed with the amount of content 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 that we have to sift through every week uh, to try and figure out what's relevant to you guys so let us know what you think uh, wrapping things up here, we got some fun stuff to talk about. We do. So there was a quick news blurb that I read about recently in Epcot Center at Disney World in Florida. You know the big like silver globe thing that's like the Epcot Center like landmark Dome Earth thing. Yeah, yeah. What if they turned that into the Death Star? They're gonna. They're gonna turn it into the Death Star, and it's already happening. And that's awesome because we've got an X-wing on the West Coast, and they got a Death Star on the East Coast. How all Star Wars all the time. How the hell are they doing that? I don't know. It's Disney. They can do whatever they want. I mean, like logistically, as Imagine, it's like Imagineers. That's what they're called. <laughs> Those are the people that work at the Disney parks. They're Imagineers. Anyway, uh, that is awesome. <laughs> it I, is. I can't wait to see some videos of that. I think I saw something, but I haven't watched it yet. But uh, I don't know. It, it actually looks like a Death Star. Yeah. With the green beam coming yes. out of it, right? Yes. Oh, man. So, as you know, uh, Nick and I like to frequent a local watering hole every now and then with a couple of friends of ours that we've known for years. And we we typically just kind of keep to ourselves and talk about kind of the same stuff we're talking about on shows like this, just the movies and industry type stuff with people in the movie and industry that I've grown up with, that you've known over time. And uh, we had an interesting thing happen last night that uh, that I thought was funny, you thought was funny. We're going to tell you about it and let you guys <laughs> just sort of think what you want to think of it. But I thought it was great. So me, you, and, and uh, another friend of ours were sitting at the end of the bar, as we always do, and we all always wear ball caps. Yes. So we're all always there several nights a week, most of the times, one or, one or the other. And so we had a random guy come up to us last night 
and approach us in a sort of offering method of, I bring you an offering, <laughs> oh, great council of hats. And that's what he said. That was legit. Council of hats. And I, I did, I, I was, what? <laughs> so we have now become the council of hats for any movie or TV or music trivia. In this bar. Yeah, in this bar. And people, you know, they will bring us beers and offerings <laughs> of a shrubbery. Or something of the like. And this is nothing we actually tried to make happen. This just happened. It's just completely random out of nowhere. So we thought it would share, we'd share it with you guys. More to come around this topic as more and more Council of Elders offerings are made and queries are answered and, and what goes I don't know. I'm running out of things to say about okay, so here's Council the, of Elders. Yeah, the Council of Hats. Council we're, of Hats. We are elders in the yes. Council of Hats. Elder after, Nelson. Yes, after we have, after we have established the, the <laughs> rules and bylaws of the Council of Hats. <laughs> so... This dude, who might have had a couple, uh, comes up and he says, uh, excuse me, a council of hats? We're like, uh, yes. And he says, I just want to go on record. Uh, I think the uh, best television show of all time, because I know you guys talk about TV and movies all the time. I just want to say, best television show of all time, Wings. I'm like, wait, Wings with Steven Weber and Thomas Hayden Church? That like airport show on NBC, like a sitcom type thing from like the late 80s, early 90s? That's the best show? Not Game of Thrones? Not Mad Men? Not Breaking Bad? Not The A-Team? Not, not Frasier? Not Seinfeld? Like, not- yeah, sure, but he's like, nope, nope, that's it. And then that, without like without like even like thinking about it, the three of us look at each other and we just kind of like start shaking our heads like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Council does not approve. Yeah. <laughs> And then the dude it was like, so good. It, it, it was just one of those moments where it, it, I, I can't I can't explain how awesome it was. And hopefully there'll be other things and we'll have become the the guys like cheers that sit at the end of this bar and just get, sort of talk amongst themselves. And people will come up and give us more offerings to the Council of Hats. What about this show? What about this movie? What about this? Whatever. Maybe we'll start a Council of Hats segment on this show. Who knows? That but, could be cool. But that leads me into my lightning round idea for the week. Lightning round. Okay. So Council of Hats, like. Think back in pop culture, movies, TV, comics, like great councils or groups of people or guys that were like or girls that were together and formed like a union to go solve a problem. Uh, Things that come to mind for me, obviously, Justice League and the Jedi Council and uh, the Wild Bunch and Magnificent Seven. Go. When you say factions, I immediately think of wrestling. So I think of uh, Freebirds and NWO and uh, the Hart Foundation and uh, Evolution and... Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen. Oh God! How did I think of the Four Horsemen? Uh, you, you got some more go. Uh, the 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 it's like it's like the the guys from Aliens kind of like were were a council like when the the, the guys in the, in Aliens with the guns that, that run in. I don't the know. Marines. Where you, sure, the Marines. Yeah. Uh, uh, what other groups could there be? Uh, uh, the Avengers is a perfect oh, example. Oh yeah, good one. The uh, Defenders. You the could Defenders. Throw in there. Yeah, sure. What about the uh GR, the Fellowship of the Ring? Oh, perfect. Yep. That's a great one. Yep, so you had that one for, I don't know, how many movies? Um, let's see what else. I'm kind of out of ideas at this point. <sighs> I don't know. What, why don't you guys tell us, uh, Facebook us, some of your favorite factions or, or councils or, or groups? groups. <laughs> well, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. This has been a fantastic show. I uh, would love to hear your feedback uh, and your thoughts around you know the whole new world idea, this, this world that we live in, uh, or just give us a review on the iTunes store. Let us know what you think. I'd uh, love to hear your feedback. We'd love to interact with you guys as well. Uh, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over at Data Center Dude on Twitter. I am Elder Andy of the Council of Hats. You can find me at AndyNelson76 <laughs> on Twitter.com. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week, guys. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Later! Bye!